This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Your possibilities. Possibilities. This is Andrew Jobling. Welcome to the Wellness Puzzle Podcast for another week. I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation that I'm about to have with Rianne Miller. She lives in Western Australia in the beautiful city of Perth. And this is an incredibly inspiring lady who's been through a lot in her life. Her focus and her goal now is to live a life that she doesn't need a holiday from. I love that when she said it. It was amazing. She has been through a journey. She's very successful corporate career. She was very happy in her life when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that's actually led her to have a mastectomy, which means having one of her breasts removed. And now she's just out there and proud and vulnerable and inspiring people through her social media, through her online hub that she's creating called Revive. She's doing amazing stuff. She's a very, very humble lady. And trust me, you're going to love and be incredibly inspired and empowered. You're just going to feel real good. Trust me, after this wonderful conversation with Rianne Miller. Hello, Re. Wonderful to be here with you. You too. It's great to be chatting with you today. I know we've been chasing this time to do this for, I don't know how many weeks now. It just feels like it's been months and months because you're a hard one to track down. You're all over the countryside. Yeah, I do love a good holiday. (laughs) And you do it well. I watch you on Instagram and on social media and I go, wow, this girl knows how to holiday for sure. I definitely do make the most of the places I go to. I'm sort of one of those fast-paced holiday makers where I try and cram in as much as I can into the location and then relax at the end of it. It's really, really good. Yeah, awesome. Now you're in WA over in the western side of the country. So you're a long way from Melbourne, but such a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Yeah, and Perth is a really special place, to be honest. Like if you've never been, definitely put it on the list of places to go. And I love telling people to come over this side of the country. And it's just like, it's just breathtaking what you get to see down south and up north. So yeah, I've been to Perth quite a few times. I love it. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, so good to be here with you. And I really want to say thank you. We met on LinkedIn, as I met a lot of people, and the thing that really struck me about you, Rianne, is just how inspiring you are. You're such a positive, effervescent person who's been through a lot, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk more about your story, but you have had breast cancer, and you've had a single mastectomy or mastectomy. Oh, there's a T in there, but it's, you can go for a goal with how you want to say it. Mis- I say mastectomy. Mastect- it's probably mastectomy, I think it is. But yeah, it just rolls off the tongue, whoever whatever, you want. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> the boob's missing, all right? <laughs> exactly. Let's get down to brass tacks. You've had a boob lopped off. That's being very crass. I apologize for that. No, but that's I right. I love you. how you're owning it. And I love what you're doing to really showcase you as a person, not as a pair of breasts and that the beauty is within you and physically yes we all want to look good for sure we do but the beauty is within all of us and I think this is a message I'm really trying to get through on this podcast certainly in 2022 this has been the primary message that I've been trying to get out so having this conversation with you is going to be wonderful so Rianne tell us a little bit about 
let's not dive into your illness because I don't want to start on a negative point. Because now, as a result, I guess, of everything you've gone through, you're really living your life, aren't you? You know, you're traveling more and you're doing more stuff that really makes your heart sing. But you also started a online hub called Revive, which is a beautiful play on your name, which I love. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about what you're doing now and what you're trying to accomplish with the stuff you're doing. Well, from going through what I went through, my main takeaway from it was that, like, I want to create a life for myself where I don't need a holiday from. So, you know, you can draw on so many elements of happiness and people, like, I don't need stuff and things to make me happy. I just know that it's within me. So I do the things that bring happiness to me. Like, I'll go on a holiday. I'll go exploring. I'll do all these different things. And I actually really, really want to start helping people a bit more as well. And that's where Revive came into it. When I was sick, you know, I saw a gap and I saw my friends trying to figure out how they could help me and asking me the question, like, what can we do to help and what can we do to, to just help you through and all the rest of it? And I didn't have the answers. Like you're getting your brain fried from chemo. You've got no idea what you need. And yeah. I also don't know from a friend's perspective how to help someone going through cancer either because I was the one going through it. So I don't know how it felt from their side. So I was like, what can I do to help? or just bring together so many cool things and make everyone's life easier in something that's really quite difficult. And I'm classifying it as Revive as a hub for people going through a difficult time, whether it's cancer, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be anything really. And I was literally sitting on my couch. I just had a failed reconstruction for my breast cancer. I had a drain on one side. I had a drip in the other and I was sitting on my couch at home and I'm like, I need to do something here. And then that's where it just popped up to me. And I was like, I just want to pull everything together and put products and services. So like healing things and massages and like a candle, if that's what people want or a journal or things like that. And I'm going to design my own line of mastectomy swimwear because there's such a gap in the market for beautiful swimwear for people that have undergone a mastectomy of some kind. And just so they feel beautiful and that they feel like they've got something that's going to help. And, you know, like people don't know how to help. So if I can help them with that, I'll do it. I love that. Here you are, you're saying the reconstruction failed and you got tubes and stuff and you're probably at a pretty low point in your life. Where a lot. A lot <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yet where I guess a lot of people would have spiraled and had the tantrum and jumped up and down and gone into pity party, poor little old me, you all of a sudden go, how do I help other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you probably don't realize that's quite a unique perspective in that position. I think understandably, a lot of people would be feeling sorry for themselves and wanting sympathy and just spiraling probably a bit deeper into depression or anxiety or why me or whatever it is. Yet, what was it for you that sparked you to say, I need to do something here, but I want to do something to help other people? Tell us about that thinking. Yeah, I just don't enjoy the sympathy piece or the poor me vibe of it. Like, I feel like it was really important for me to capture who I was as a person. And I felt the changes in myself and through my journey of going through what I went through, it triggered something in me that when I thought about this and this idea evolved, it was initially just going to be headscarves. And then I like, when I was on that couch, I was like, no, this needs to be bigger than a headscarf. It needs to have everything that helps people. Because when you've gone through it and then you've gone through it a second time, like, you know, you I was literally at bottom at that point because I'd gone through all my treatment and I was like, this was meant to be the shining moment of me having two boobs again and getting some normalcy back. But then it was like, no, the rug pulled out of me all over again. And you kind of just go, well, what kind of gave me a bit of life the last time? And that was thinking about the headscarves and how I can help other people and myself as well because I wanted to wear them. And then, yeah, it just evolved. I don't know, like I was just sitting there and I was just like, right, what helped you last time? Let's tick some boxes. And I just re- literally went through every step that sort of pulled me out of it last time. And 
that's where I got to the idea of going, no, it needs to be bigger than that. And it evolved even further from that point as well. <laughs> so this is really a key point, Rianne. I think for a lot of people listening, going through a tough time, like you talked about, whether it's cancer or depression or anxiety or some sort of illness or sickness, your choice in your lowest point was to do for others. Tell us the transition. How did that make you feel and how quickly did you find that was able to bring you back to feeling good again? I think it's an interesting take on it really. Like once you stop focusing on yourself and what you're going through and you start thinking about something else, it just gives you that little bit of lightness to not think that the severity of what you're going through or how bad it potentially could be it's not as bad. And I did have a little trick for myself. And I was like, I think I read it somewhere. And it was like, it's definitely important to feel every emotion when you're going through something. And I felt them wholeheartedly. But when I was feeling it, I made sure I felt it to every degree. But I gave myself to either lunchtime or midnight to feel that way. And I would either wake up or I would just start my day again at lunchtime. And I'd be like, right, that's it. Those feelings can now be pushed to the side. I've done the poor me moments. Yep. And then now I can focus on something that's actually going to do good for me and also do good for others. So you and had your just, pity party, you had your tantrum, yeah. you allowed that. <laughs> and I think that mm-hmm. is important. You've got to feel the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then you, really you cleared it out of your system and then you got up, dusted yourself off and said, okay, how do I now mm-hmm. do something positive? Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's a wonderful message for anyone listening. If you're doing it tough, think about how you can help someone else. Think about mm-hmm. what you can do how you can use what you're going through to help someone. And you're certainly doing that. And you really don't notice the people that are watching, if that makes sense either. And you don't know how you living your life or what you do in those moments really affects other people because how everyone sees you is very different to how you see yourself. And I really look at life at that as well. And that's how, you know, I go on a lot of holidays and I do what I need to do and to make me happy. And so many people will celebrate that and they're like oh wow you just like you said initially you're like I'm a hard person to get a hold of and all the rest of it like and it's just a beautiful place to be in and you've created that for yourself and I feel like by me creating that environment for myself I'm able to create something for others which can hopefully create an environment like mine for them to have the happiness that I have the ripple effect yes exactly it is the ripple effect (laughs) but this is powerful and most people don't understand their impact their influence you didn't so tell me what are some of the things that people said to you from their observations of what you were doing and how that sort of made you feel? Well, with Revive in particular, they're just like, oh, wow, it just sounds like a really great idea that, like, it's not a new idea creating a hub to bring things together, but they're just like the fact that I've been through it, lived and breathed it, and I have people I can talk to about it. And they get excited about it, especially when I talk about my mastectomy swimwear line as well. Like, And I want it to be not only for people with a mastectomy, but normal women can wear like with two breasts and all the rest of it, whatever your situation, I want you to be able to wear the same swimwear. So I'm creating it so it's kind of versatile. So there is an element of excitement and it's it's really nice to know that people can see that it will become something that will be of use to others as well and that they would be like, oh, I would definitely buy something from there if I needed to and all the rest of it. And I really feel like that's what the hospital system is lacking as well. You go in there and you've got like three or four stock standard pamphlets there for like a wig or for something like a little seminar or something. But I'm like, well, no, what if there was a revive flyer there? And then it's just like, you can get everything you need from this one thing and you don't have to Google for hours. It's just really, really nice. And then having that support, it just pushes me that little bit further. That's wonderful. I'm just sitting here because I've got a question I want to ask you, mm-hmm. but I know it's not going to be a short answer question. So I'm okay. thinking we might have a quick break now okay. and then we'll come back and I'll ask you the question mm-hmm. because this is another thing about you that really inspires me, but people are going to have to just wait till after the break. And Rianne, you're going to have to wait till after the break because you don't know what I'm about to ask you. So we'll be back in a sec. 
Be inspired, be engaged, get motivated and make real change in your life and the people around you. Andrew Jobling knows how to inspire. On stage, he's riveting and engaging. Andrew is helping audiences around the world live their best life. Book him for a face-to-face or an online event. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find out more. Rianne, we were just having a little chat in the break there and you asked me, am I sounding okay? And I said, (laughs) yes, you are. And we were just chatting about, I'm the same, like I have no idea how I come across. And then I listened to myself and I actually surprised myself at times that I'm going, wow, I sound Mm. better than I thought I did. So I guarantee (laughs) you, you're doing a great (laughs) job. And do you know what? I love what you, I mean, I loved a lot of things you said, but a life that you don't need a holiday from. I love that. And I think everyone should embrace that because I think how many people live for their holidays? They work months and months. They work themselves into the ground. They save tirelessly and scrimp and go on this holiday for two weeks. They have a great time. But then the last couple of days of the holiday, the stress starts to build. The anxiety (laughs) starts to build because A, they've spent all their money and B, they've got to go back to that same life that they had to have a holiday from in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's a stressful way to live, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that. And I'm on 100% the same page, Rianne. I feel like I live a life that I don't need a holiday from as well. Don't get me wrong. I do like having holidays and traveling. (laughs) However, I love what I do, which is awesome. Now, you don't know what I'm about to ask you, but this is something that I think is really a critical part of who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. On Instagram, there's a lot of photos of you and you celebrate you. You celebrate who you are. You celebrate what you've been through. You've got some topless shots of you and you're very open and honest about your mastectomy and the fact that you've got one less boob and you don't hide it like most people would. Tell us about the thinking and your attitude around that and why you're so open and public about what you've been through. Initially, I wasn't. I was kind of like, I kept myself very safe, I guess you could say. I hid myself away for a little bit there, but then I got to the point where I was like, in order for me to be able to live that vibrant, happy life with no worries behind me, like I needed to push myself and get myself out of the, I had myself in shackles basically. and I needed to get myself out of them. I have an incredible photographer, which I'd worked with previously on some modeling things as well. And I spoke to him and I said, would you be interested in doing a photo shoot for me? And I did different photo shoots at different stages of my journey. So I did one with my initial one where I actually had the expander in without the mastectomy. And so that's like a tennis ball under your skin. And it's really powerful when you see yourself in a black and white photo and you just see yourself in a different light. I think that's the best way to say it. And you see the beauty there. You see the pain and you see the heartache, but you also see the strength that shines through, especially in a black and white photo. And then I've gone fast forward and I've had another one where I've just had a little bit of hair because the first one I was bald. And then the next few have been where I gathered up the strength to be like, I just need to show the world this because I'm a single girl and I was struggling with, I was going to meet someone and I have to relive that story every single time. Like, oh, well, if it's on the Instagram, I don't care because they're going to go on there anyways and all the rest of it. I was like, let's just cut out the middleman. I'll be like, you can just visually see what I'm And if they've got a problem with it, they're not the sort of person you want to be with anyway, right? Exactly. And I have found that by being so open and actually exposing myself, I guess you could say, it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done for myself. You and got blokes knocking down your door. <laughs> I wish that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I've still got all my doors. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you want to meet an amazing lady, 
Rianne's got lots of doors and need knocking down. So just <laughs> I do. put that, that out great. there. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, I just feel with the photos, as much as they did for me, I think they did more for other people. And it got down to that point that you really just need to celebrate your body, no matter what shape or form or whatever it is. And if you've got wrinkles or if you've got like cellulite or if you've got something you're not happy with, you've got stretch marks from having a child, like I truly feel that you can try your hardest to mask them, but you, you see them every day and you need yep. to live with them. And until you accept them as they are, you ain't going to be happy and you'll be constantly chasing something that you cannot obtain because you can't change it. And also, I guess, because you look at most social media photos and they're all touched up and airbrushed and Mm -hmm. all these apps to modify and enhance and people, even with themselves, is trying to chase something that they can Mm -hmm. never, ever achieve. And the craziness of social media when all these people have these enhanced photos, what happens when you actually meet someone in real life and they go, well, you're not that same person? Mm -hmm. So I think what you've done, I love it because it is very courageous, that vulnerability to just be who you are warts and all imperfections and all and that's inspiring because you're right our beauty is not the outer it really isn't but you know what it also is in a way because people's bodies are beautiful in every shape and form and when you photograph it and I've actually seen from having the different photo shoots I've seen the changes in my own mastectomy scar and how like my pec muscle has moved up more and how that's actually changed and I see it because I'm the one that's looking at that kind of stuff but I love capturing that. And I think it's a really important thing. And it's going to be a part of Revive as well, where people can capture their journey at whatever point that they're at and having a photo shoot and feeling amazing and actually feeling that power and just taking a little bit of it back. This doesn't happen overnight. No. A lot of other things have to happen, but it's just one of those little slivers of things you can do for yourself. But I think you physically become far more attractive when you love yourself and that exudes out of every pore. Mm-hmm. Because you can see a lot of people that are toned and ripped and gorgeous physically, but you can tell they're not happy. And it's less appealing than when you look at someone who's flawed and who owns it, but just loves themselves for who they are. Physically, they come across as more attractive. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll start noticing the changes in the compliments you receive as well. Like now, I don't get the, oh, you look beautiful. You're really pretty. It's like people like, I love your energy. I love how you present yourself. I like you're inspiring or you just the quality of your compliments, I think you could say, enhance on a different level. And people will still call you beautiful or they'll be like, oh, your eyes are just shining. And that's a testament of the inner work that you do with yourself. Like I did a lot of healing work with a healer and she's incredible. And I did a lot of different things and it's all collectively come together in perfect harmony I guess you could say for myself I do have a lot of work to do still but doing these photo shoots like I used to not go out without a bra on and all the rest of it like I had clothes on obviously but I didn't want to have that conversation of like oh she's wonky or what's that but now I wear my normal swimsuit out with just one breast in it and the other one with mascara and I'm like I just can't be bothered if they want to look at it they can look at it I don't care and they can then be like oh and they can sit there and have a people watching chat about what my story is and I can almost guarantee that it's nothing on the real deal. So Rianne you've got a pretty diverse background. You've got a corporate background, haven't you? So you've done a fair bit of marketing. You've been a brand ambassador. You've been into PR, account executive. So you've done the corporate thing, haven't you? Mm-hmm, I have. Tell us a bit about leading up to the diagnosis of cancer and what were you doing and how were you living and what were you thinking and what was going on in your life at that point? At that point, I actually thought I was the happiest I'd ever been. That was a lie because I'm actually happy as I've ever been right now. But At that point, I had found a really beautiful way of living, which is where I had an amazing job. I was working for Gage Roads as a beer rep. Never thought I'd be selling beer in my life because I don't drink it. Beautiful company to work for. And 
I was going on holidays whenever I wanted to, traveling the world, doing my thing. So I really found at the age of 30 that I found traveling and I just did a big trip every year. And then I intermittent that with trips to Bali just to actually have the relaxed time. So I was pretty much living that lifestyle for um, the couple of years leading up to my diagnosis. And then I actually got diagnosed. I had my 32nd birthday and I got diagnosed a week later. That was fun. Happy birthday to me. I shouldn't announce this is going to be my year. That's what I did when I was 32. Well, oh, I'm hang good. on. It's all perspective. Yeah, and it it's actually all perspective. was my year. That and was I, a gift for you. It was. That's the thing. And I, I see that wholeheartedly. I'm like, I announced, I'm like, this is going to be my year. And the universe is like, damn straight it is, girl, but not how you think it is. And it was hard. It was oh, the tears, the emotions, the hurt, the pain. And, you know, you still have moments now, but, oh, gosh, it was a... I can't say it was a gift. It can very well be perceived as a gift, but it's definitely given me a lot more than it's probably taken from me or it's on par now because it has taken a lot from my life and the possibilities that I may have in the future. But how I'm living right now, I wouldn't trade for the world. Now, you don't know how to answer this question, but Mm -hmm. why do you think it happened? Why do you think you ended up diagnosed with cancer? Do you think there was a reason or is it just one of those freaky things? What do you think? I personally, like I, like I said, I did a lot, a lot of work with my healer and stuff, and she gave me a lot of insight into understanding how things or why things potentially may happen and all the rest of it. And if you believe in that, you can, or if you don't, it's, you know, some people think it's airy-fairy kind of thing. But with breast cancer, it comes from a place of self-love. So I had a lot of difficulty with loving my body. Like I've done modeling. I've done different things. I should have been a very confident girl, and I wasn't. And I'd gone through some difficult times before that as well. And I was happy as I was, there was always something missing. And I feel that I was given my breast cancer in a way to make sure I ended up on my path that I was meant to be on. And when I focus on this path, good things happen. And when I focus on not worrying about what's potentially going to happen, like I've just recently lost my job and I am just like, meh, you know, like it was stressful, but I'm like, it's just from being unvaccinated, which was another choice of mine, but it's just like, it fell into place exactly how it was meant to. And I did have the failed reconstruction, but I think I needed the failed reconstruction because it taught me that I don't need two breasts to be normal. And I you don't-, don't need that mask. And I guess to an extent that reconstruction was a mask to, yeah, as yeah. you said, mm. to show people that you are normal. It was for myself to feel that as well. And that's what yeah. I said. That was my moment for my life to be back to how it was. And little did I know at that moment or in that time that, it will never be as it was. I will never be who I was before because there's no way I can go back to that girl and going through what I've been through and go back to that girl. I can't do it. And I don't want to in a way. Like I value who I've become from all of the stuff I've been through. And, you know, when you start putting value on the experiences as opposed to holding on to fear, resentment or judgment or why me's, you actually start getting that value out of the experience and or whatever it may be. And some of them end badly, but it changes the people around them to appreciate their life more. So if me being how I am can help people live their life better just by me being me, then you haven't done anything bad really, you know, the way you look at it. But some people don't see it that way. But it's important that, you know, I respect everyone's opinions on situations. Mm. It's just nice to chat and talk about them. So you said you lost your job recently. Mm-hmm. But you've also now got another job. I do. Part-time. Mm-hmm. So tell mm-hmm. us now, what are you doing? Obviously, you're now building Revive. Mm-hmm. Tell me what the vision for Revive is. Just tell us a little bit about your life right now and the stuff you're mm-hmm. doing. 
Well, I really tried to hold on to that job as much as I could, but it came to a head and it was gone. And that's why I've been on a three-week kind of holiday just to reset, go to Karajini, reset the soul and all the rest of it. But yeah, this new job, like I got offered it and they're like, well, what do you want? And I was like, do you know what? I only want to work part-time. I want to work Tuesday to Thursday because I want a long weekend every weekend. I want to be able to focus on Revive. And if I want to work extra hours on that, I can do it on a Sunday or a Saturday or a Friday and I can make that work. And I potentially want to do some freelancing. So you know very well from me, I'm a very curious girl. I do ask questions or I see something in the background. I'm like, oh, what's that? (laughs) So I'm going to actually start my own little freelancing business, which will help anyone really with anything that they need. So you, you mentioned my background before. So it'll be like marketing, like promotions, activations, breweries, if they need someone like to do some sales here and there or whatever it is, just to keep me in the industry because I thrive in that industry and I'm very vibrant when I'm within it. So I'm going to be calling that one like curious freelancing, which has got re in it as well. So curious. So yeah, look at me and my play on words. Look at you go. <laughs> you are the marketing guru, all right? That's amazing. So yeah, I'm actually for the first time in a very long time, I came back from this holiday and I knew I was starting at um, Froth Stop and I didn't feel like I was going to work. I felt like I was doing things for me finally for the first time in my life. It was like I'm choosing the hours I want. I'm choosing the job I want. I'm choosing the flexibility I need to make myself happy. And it's opening up these opportunities where I can do this podcast for you. I don't have to be like, oh, sorry, work, I can't go. I can do the things I need to do when I want to do them. And I just feel so content right now and it's amazing. You're choosing you. Mm. It's what you're choosing right now, which Mm. is awesome. Rianne, let's have a quick break and we'll come back and wrap up this fabulous conversation. Running a personal training or group fitness business usually means hours organizing bookings, answering missed messages and chasing payments until you discover the Fiddy Trainer app. Fiddy becomes the heart of your fitness business by driving your sales. Fiddy gets you paid faster, helps maintain your clients and simplifies arranging bookings by automating everything. Let Fiddy focus on your business health so you can focus on your clients. Visit fiddy.com to download or schedule a live demo. I'm so glad we finally got together on this podcast, Ray. Me too. It's been great. It has been good. It's just been a really cool conversation. Mm-hmm. It could almost be like you and I having a beer, except you don't drink beer, but <laughs> obviously beer's your thing. You're I'll have a, a beer. bevy. You'll have a bevy. It's like we're just sitting in Perth on the beach at maybe... What's a beautiful beach place in Perth? You'd want to go Scarborough City Beach. Scarborough. Scarborough. I've been to Scarborough before. Yeah, yeah. No, we're sitting at – now, there's a hotel there, isn't there, right on the beach in Scarborough with a deck and a balcony overlooking the Indian Ocean. Is that correct? Not so much in Scarbs, but, you know, there's there's venues and you can see the ocean. Okay, I've got no idea what I'm talking about. There's Cottesloe, there's City Beach, there's like everywhere's kind of got a different going on. So the point is (laughs) – The point is you don't know the pubs in Perth. I've got no idea, but the point is this conversation is just one we could be having, sitting there having a bevy and just chatting about Mm -hmm. stuff. These are the conversations I love to have, and this is the cool thing about this podcast is I can have these conversations that I love and then share it with people, Mm -hmm. and I know that this will have an impact on lives. So Mm -hmm. thank you for being so open and honest. So, Ree, tell people listening that might be struggling at the moment with something in their life. Mm-hmm. whether it's a health concern or it's a relationship issue or maybe it's a job they hate or maybe they're feeling like they're being controlled or having their strings pulled or whatever. Now you talked before the break about choosing you. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give to people that are wanting to live a life they don't need a holiday from? 
Mm-hmm. How do they get started? Honestly, as weird as this sounds, it's actually learning to be on your own. I found that the moments where I would disconnect from everyone and I would just go down the park, sit on the grass, put my feet on the grass or just be alone with myself and be comfortable with that means that you will actually be brave enough to tackle anything because if you can learn to be alone, you can actually learn to make decisions on your own. You can actually learn to figure out how to be happy on your own. And if you don't need those outside influences coming in, like you don't need your friends to be happy, they're a complement to how your happiness is. You don't need that particular thing to be happy. And when you bring it back to grassroots and being you, I guess you could say, that is what has taught me because I used to hate being alone. I hated it. I had to always be around someone and always be doing this and always been doing that. But that was one of the biggest things when I was sitting on my couch after chemo, I was by myself, everyone's at work doing their thing. I had to learn to be okay with that and to sit there for months on end alone and doing my thing. Yes, I had people around me, but I found a strength that once you find that strength that just amplifies the more and more you sort of harness it. And it's really great to have those people you can rely on for advice, but it's knowing the right people for you to speak to as well and find the ones that listen. The people that listen and don't try and fix, they're the ones that are going to help you. And once you start getting you right, everything else becomes easy. And that situation you're in becomes easier. And like I said before, it doesn't happen overnight, but the first day and the first step is where it begins. And, you know, you can journal and you can do different things and meditate in your way. Like I sit at the beach and I'm like, that's my meditation or whatever it is, because that's me just having me time. Um, And I don't do things by the book. I, I just do it in my way. And it's the best way to do it. And that's sort of pretty much where I'm at. That's me dog barking. Good. Your dog's <laughs> he saying, hey, I want some attention. Pretty much. He's like, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, you've got a Maltese Shih Tzu, haven't you? He's a little Shih Tzu cross Chihuahua. His name's oh, Bruce. Oh, Bruce. He's fun size. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of him on social media and I looked at that face. Can I tell you, my little dog's not here, but if I could pick up my dog and show you, mm-hmm. Almost identical face, but she's a multi yeah. shih tzu. Same colouring, same eyes. Amazing. Oh, so good. <laughs> How good are dogs? Anyway, we get distracted. Dogs are a great distraction. I love my dog. You know, my dog definitely helped me through. He was like, like I said before, I was single and I went through everything on my own. And my one constant that I had was my dog. And yep. Brucey was there. And I obviously had my family and everything. But in the nights where I was crying myself to sleep, he was there. And, you know, I adore him. I love him. He's my life. Like I just, you know, you can't put a value on having something like that. You know, you can tell your deepest secrets to your dog. He ain't going to tell no one, is he? (laughs) They might tell other dogs. I know. But I don't speak dogs. That's fine. Yep, exactly. Anyway, (laughs) I was going to say, and now I've totally forgotten what I was going to say. Now I remember. I remember. (laughs) Okay, it's back into my head. You talked about being alone. You talked about getting comfortable with your own company. Okay, so someone says, yep, good, I'm going to go and spend some time alone mm-hmm. every day and they go to the beach or they go to the park and they take their phone with them and they sit there on social media and they sit there and they listen to music. What do you say about that? Like a lot of people say, mm-hmm. yeah, I spent time alone, but they spend all that time connected to a device. I still feel just laying down and looking up at the sky and actually just looking at the sky, like, you know, it's really important to disconnect. It really, really is to get off your phone. If social media or looking at your phone is what's actually causing your own happiness, get rid of it. If watching mainstream media is stressing you out, stop watching it. It's pretty simple stuff. You know what's affecting you and your mood. So remove the things that are doing that. 
I agree with like listening to music because sometimes it's really nice to lay back, look up at the sky, listen to music, but it's also beautiful to actually sit back and listen to the birds, listen to the dog barking off in the distance, listen to the people talking. People watching is amazing. You can always do it. It's great. You know, like you can just watch the world go by. And when you start watching the world go by, you realize how slow it actually moves. And that's where when you take it back to yourself and you're actually sitting there in those moments, you watch the sunset. One of my favorite things to do is to watch the sunset. And I don't think people realize that the colors of a sunset really do something to your soul. And it really brings those different colors into your life as well, where I don't know, I'm just, they just do something to me. I just love them so much. I try and see them every single day and they're just breathtaking. They're beautiful. And it's just that simplicity and what my mother nature has given us. That's why a lot of my holidays are out exploring in like Karajini, like gorges and stuff like that. When you stand there and just look at it, you're just like, we are so small. And they have such a big story to tell, like these big gorges with all the rock formations and stuff, but you just, yeah, take it back to basics. Yeah, and we don't, we miss it, don't we? We miss so much Mm because when you just stop and really listen, you're amazed Mm -hmm. at how much you will hear. Yep. And you don't have to be at the beach or out in the wild, Mm -hmm. even just if you live in a suburban area, Mm -hmm. you hear children laughing and you hear birds and you hear dogs and you hear traffic and you hear Mm -hmm. conversations and you hear the wind through the trees. But then also when you just look and go, Mm -hmm. wow, that's a beautiful tree. And one of the things Mm -hmm. I notice is all of the different shades of green. Mm -hmm. When you stop and look at every different tree and every different Mm -hmm. shade, there's got to be thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of different shades of green. Mm -hmm. And then you can look at houses and how they're built and marvel mm-hmm. at the ingenuity of human beings and oh, how they create. 100%. So there's so mm-hmm. much that's right there just outside your door. You don't have to travel very far. You can go out, sit down, listen and look and you'll be amazed at what you see and what you hear. Well, and you remember as a kid, like I remember laying down on the grass and just looking up and you remember how you used to play that game to see who could see what was in the clouds? And like when it was a cloudy day, you'd be like, oh, that's a rabbit. And someone's like, that's not a rabbit. And you would have like a little, you're like, it's just amazing that like, you can actually start to see things that are just take you back to a happier or simpler time. And, you know, and that's again, another element to it where it's just like, oh, that's so simple back when you're a kid. And it was because you literally just did stuff like that for yourself. And you're in the moment. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. We're talking about being in the moment and yeah. not worrying about what you have to do tomorrow or what you mm-hmm. should have done yesterday or didn't yeah. do. Cause that's where, what do they say is when you've focused on the future, you're anxious. When you're focused yeah. on the past, you're depressed. When you're focused mm-hmm. on the present, you're well, peaceful. You know, I wrote something on one of my posts the other day, which was of a gorge when I was in Karajini and I was looking out at it. And I was like, I just, I feel like this is a really special photo and it needed some really special words. And I was just about to get in the water to actually swim through this gorge. And I was like, do you know what? Like, it's one of those things. It's like, you just need, once you realize that what's in front of you is already behind you and what's behind you is already in front of you, it allows you to actually value the time that you're in, in that present moment, because it doesn't matter what you go through and how it affects you. Because if you're good now, it doesn't matter because if this you can take on anything, then this you will get you through whatever you need to. Like I could very well get cancer again. And I know the statistics are against me that I will get it again. So I'm like, Meh, it's already in front of me. So it's already behind me. So what am I going to do about it? I can't do anything. So the universe will take me where I need to go. I think it's really important to think like that. I agree. How many people have put their lives on hold for COVID? How many people put mm-hmm. their lives on hold when there was terror? So I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. All this stuff. And if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. You can't yeah. control what's going to happen. You can only yeah. control what you do in the moment. And I mm-hmm. think that's living in joy and living a life that you don't need a holiday from. I love mm-hmm. it. So, Rianne, 
this has been such a wonderful conversation. Now, I'm not sure with Revive, is there a web address for that? I mean, There, will, wanted, be. there will be. I'm going, to okay. work, I'm going to be working really, really hard on it in the next sort of month. So I'm hoping that it'll be launching what's now probably like end of June, hopefully the next month or so. So it'll be revive.com.au. Um, but I do have an Instagram page, which is just at revive, which is R-H-I-V-I-V-E. And that one is where you can get, it's just as launching soon. So if you follow me on there, then um, when the website goes live, I'll be able to let you all know. Okay, wonderful. Rianne, thank you so much for having this chat, this mm-hmm. conversation, whatever we want to call it, this relaxing little wonderful it, conversation. It really was amazing. And it's, it's always really nice to share with like-minded people and people that are trying to do good and to help others. And I think we really resonate on that as people. And we haven't known each other very long, but I feel like straight away we kind of just gelled and there was something special there that we knew that we had to explore and share and get out there. And I'm sure this wouldn't be the last time that we do This something. is the beginning. Just mm-hmm. the beginning. You can't so, get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be more pain in the backside to you than you feel like you will be for me. That's for sure. Anyway, Rianne, thank you so much for spending some time. It was wonderful. Thank you. Wasn't that a wonderful conversation with Rianne Miller? What an inspiring lady, I told you. And yep, she delivered for sure. Neither of us really had any idea of what direction that conversation was going to take. And it took a few detours along the way. But it certainly got some pretty powerful messages out there about owning your life and choosing yourself and living a life that you don't need a holiday from. And often it is the case that when we're going through some kind of challenge or trauma or adversity, that's when we really get to the point where we identify the fact that this is a place that we can learn from and use to help other people. Rianne is definitely doing that. So thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful conversation. And I look forward to Revive and seeing what that does and all the other amazing things that Rianne does. At the moment, it's a little bit hard to connect with her on Revive because she still hasn't done it. So after we stopped recording, she identified the fact that the pressure was on for her to get Revive up online and live and for her to get her Instagram page up and running. So keep your eye on Revive, which is R-H-I-V-I-V-E. So Revive on Instagram and revive.com.au will be the website. Rianne Miller, R-H-I-A-N-N-E. You can find her on social media if you want to see what she's up to. It was a wonderful conversation and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to chat to her. Thanks to Pietro and the team at Fiddy for sponsoring the podcast. It's always wonderful to have people out there that recognize the value in what I'm doing and know that it will benefit people. So thanks, guys, for helping me get my message out. And thank you for what you're doing to help people live a happier, healthier life. Another week down and just like that, another wonderful conversation. As you know, you can't get rid of me. I will be back next week with another fabulous guest. So please join me. Please share this podcast with as many people as you can. I look forward to being with you next week. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast.